Hey, I'm Jesse. It's devotion time. We're in Acts 27, beginning in verse 35. After he had said these things and had taken some bread, he gave thanks to God in the presence of all of them. And after he broke it, he began to eat. They were all encouraged and took food themselves. In all, there were 276 of us on the ship. By the way, quick, brief aside, you forgot about Luke, didn't you? Luke's our author. This is a letter to Theophilus. He wrote his gospel, Luke, as a letter to Theophilus. He's written the book of Acts now as a letter to Theophilus. Poor Luke. He's on board this ship too. But fortunately, Luke is among the 276 who's getting to eat now for the first time in like weeks. When they had eaten enough, they began to lighten the ship by throwing the grain overboard into the sea. Some fascinating things in this brief story about a meal and a blessing. First of all, we didn't really know how many people were on this ship until now. 276 is substantial. We saw them change ships, and we do know about these grain ships that were, that were substantial and large enough to make some of these larger journeys uh, spanning the what was then known as the Adriatic Sea, not quite the same waters as the modern-day Adriatic Sea. And so we, we knew that there was a big crowd here, but man, 276 people is a large group of people. For one thing, they've listened to Paul. They were holding on to that grain. They thought they'd be adrift forever. Paul encouraged them to eat. That took faith because it meant that they were eating into their reserves. Now that they have full bellies, they feel safer now to abandon some of the grain. So I want to talk, start at the end and kind of address one thing that's happening there. If you are focused on exclusively just building reserves, building reserves, building reserves, I can't touch my reserves, I'm not allowed to touch my reserves, that's a great way to build wealth, but it may not necessarily be God's will for you in the long term of your life. If all you ever do is build reserves and just keep stacking up silos worth of resources and you never take any risk, you never invest, you never give, then you're not going to have anything to show for that wealth. There's a parable by Jesus on this very issue where a man who has an immense harvest just adds silos. He's like, this is great. I'm going to retire early. I'm just going to build more silos, build more barns. And then in the parable of Jesus, he's, you fool, tonight your life will be asked of you. And then what do you, Ebenezer Scrooge, what do you have to show for all the money bags you've counted up? So it, it, it's not always God's will that you only build reserves. At some point in biblical terms, in Paul's own letters to churches as well, if you're wealthy, it's so that you would give to the kingdom of God. And so if, if you are like the men on this ship and all you've done is build up reserves, then you're missing out on a blessing and an opportunity, and that opportunity is it necessarily entails risk. That's not the larger message of the text. I just see that as a secondary application. Once they had full bellies, they felt comfortable letting go of some of this grain, which was the initial commercial purpose of the journey to begin with. But now I wanna talk about how Paul just led them all in prayer. Look at the arc of this journey wherein Paul is the dude who's a prisoner and he's on this ship and nobody takes him seriously. Uh, it's the beginning of the stormy season. Paul knows what's coming, and they all disregard him. In verse 21 of the uh, uh, of the, the the curriculum, we know that that Paul says, "You should, you, uh, you men should have followed my advice, not to sail from Crete and to sustain uh, this damage and loss." That's it. That's the that's the as far as the "I told you so" goes from Paul. But after that, people start to listen to him. He looked like a fool at first because they had this gentle south wind. Everything was great. 
There was free ice cream and pizza on the Lido deck available 24 seven. The comedy club on the back deck was really nice and the pool was pretty good. Like the, 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 everything looked awesome. And then there's this doomsday sayer and it's Paul. Now everybody's listening. Not only are they listening, they're being encouraged by Paul. They're all blessed by their proximity to Paul. All 276 of them there. I know that Luke was a Christian, but there's 274 other passengers on the manifest here. And every one of those 274 are all likewise grateful that there's a man of God on this ship because he's, all of our lives have been saved by our proximity to it. When I was a freshman at Florida State and I made the drum line, and uh, I'll never forget that I was like the token Christian, at least at first, there was another dude who was like an undercover Christian who waited, I don't know, like 15 years to come out as a Christian. Either way, I'll never forget the day that the captain of the drum line, when I was a rookie, paused the whole party, shushed everybody in his rental house and looked at me and said, Jesse, bless the pizza and beer. <laughs> And so little rookie freshman Jesse got the chance to pray and bless the beer and, uh, and the pizza. It, it, was a, it was a big moment and it was, I, it was unexpected. It, it was really cool and it stuck with me forever, man. There were, there were some guys who didn't, didn't have anything to do with me when they found out that I associated with Christ. But then over time, I'd, it opened up doors and I had the chance to, to lead some of my friends to Christ. And, and not even just in those years, but in the years that followed. Paul has been, has just prayed and blessed the food for a massive ship full of people, especially in the, those, those, those days, 276 people. And they're all blessed by their proximity to Paul. It almost gives this picture of communion because he takes the bread and he gives thanks, right? It's, it's what Jesus did and, and, and the, the, the supper in the upper room. He perhaps prayed this traditional prayer, the God of the universe who makes bread. And, and everybody in proximity is now grateful I'm really glad that guy's a Christian. May everyone in proximity to you be blessed by your relationship with Jesus and be grateful that you're in proximity to them. Because it may come at a time when you don't expect it, but they will come out to you and ask for you to pray as well. I saw this happen. Uh, I was drumming for the Orlando Magic. Fast forward uh, several years and I lived in Orlando. I was drumming for the Orlando Magic and we had our own locker room and uh, with an Xbox in it. And uh, it was really cool. Celebrities walked past all the time. It was a really fun gig. In that locker room, some of my fellow drummers for the Orlando Magic would ask like, hey, could you pray for my son? Hey, would you pray for this or that? And then I even got to officiate the wedding of one of my fellow drummers. What's up, Spencer? I love you, buddy. This was a cool moment because it took years to get to that point of just drumming consistently, hopefully. <laughs> and then also just developing these friendships and being in proximity to them. Be ready for the moment that Paul just seized because if they don't know how to pray, they're intimidated at the thought of prayer, you'll be the one that they know. May God give you the chance to pray with your coworkers. I wanna pray that right now. God, I lift up the members of the Redemption Church and everybody who's following along with Jesse Campbell Ministries. God, that you would give us the chance to pray with coworkers this week and give us the boldness to seize it. Give us the peace of the presence of your spirit, palpably so, that we, like Paul on board the ship, will be a blessing to those around us and others, other people will be grateful for the ways in which they benefit through our relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.